what if I told you that you or your loved one could start their next career while still on active duty? Or maybe you wanna start using your GI Bill for a certification or licensure full time while on active duty. The SkillBridge program allows you to do just that. You or your active duty spouse can start an apprenticeship, internship, or certification while still working, six months before you separate or retire. Maybe you want to become a chef, an electrician, computer program, or even an underwater welder. The SkillBridge program can make those dreams a reality. I'm Senior Master Sergeant Dave Taglaferro, and this is the Team Charleston Family Readiness Podcast. It's a joint base, so we have two services that carry out the SkillBridge program, both a little differently. So today, we have both representatives from the services to help. Today we have Ms. Jackie Ford. She is Joint Base Charleston's education advisor as well as a test administrator and has been doing it for 12 years. I'd be amiss if I didn't state that Ms. Ford is on the cusp of earning a PhD in leadership in higher education. Representing the Navy's SkillBridge program is Mr. Sel Stevens from the Military and Family Readiness Center on the Weapons Station. After his 25-year Air Force career, he earned master's degrees in leadership and management, as well as social sciences. Mr. Stevens has been the Transition Assistance Program Manager at Joint Base Charleston for five years. Today we learn how you can apply, who can apply, and what excellent opportunities the program offers service members. You can find more information on the SkillBridge program at dodskillbridge.usalearning.gov. Without any further ado, here's today's guest. Well, good afternoon, everybody. On this episode of the Team Charleston Family Readiness Podcast, we are going to be talking about a program that was pretty foreign to me. And the more I hear about it, the more I feel like families and transitioning service members need to know about this program. And it is called the Skill Bridge Program. And we're going to dive into that. We have two guests today, one from the Air Force side of the Joint Base and the other from the Navy side of the Joint Base. Mr. Sel Stevens and Miss Jackie Ford, how are we doing today? Good. How's everybody doing? I'm doing great. How's everybody? Well, I'm, I'm for one, doing awesome. It finally stopped raining. It, it seemed like it's been pouring for the last two days, so I'm pretty excited about that. Absolutely. My grass never looked better. <laughs> well, at least your grass is growing. Mine has been perpetually dead, I feel like, for three years. I'm paying somebody to take care of it, like a lawn care service, and I'm not 100% sure what they're spraying on the grass, but it, it's not helping. <laughs> we don't we don't have that problem out here. <laughs> no, 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 you no. don't. No, we don't have that problem out here. Well, I'm, I'm glad everybody's grass is growing better than mine, so that's good. Uh, so let me first point out, uh, Miss Ford, you are actually, where do you work, and is it on the Air Force side or the weapons side? Okay, I'm Jackie Ford. I'm an education advisor on the Air Force base side. I work in the education center and have been there since 2008. Oh, okay. And then Mr. Stevens? Yeah, Sal Stevens here again. And um, I work at the Military and Family Readiness Weapons Station uh, location. And I'm the Transition Assistance Program Manager. Been doing that for about five years. And um, I'm actually retired Air Force, but most of my clientele are Navy. 
Okay, and that's what makes actually Charleston, Joint Base Charleston unique is because we service populations from all branches of the service and the two biggest ones being the Air Force and the Navy. So that's why we have both the program managers from the respective sides here today to talk about this. Um, who, who would like to start? Uh, Ms. Ford, do you want to start talking about with how this program works in general a little bit? The Skillbridge program was designed by the VA to assist military members with transitioning out of the military because they had such an enormous population of um, previous military members who were homeless, jobless, you know, all of these things tied together and they couldn't figure out why these members could not find work after they got out of the military. So the VA, they started a study and they got together and, um, and they started this skill bridge program to help these military members when they get out of the military transition out into what they call regular life and um, get some skills and some experience outside of the military and make sure that they had jobs available for them once they got out. This is to help prepare them for a career outside of the military. How does somebody, first off, get involved in that? Cell, do you want to talk about how somebody gets involved in the Skill Bridge program? Yeah, so if they're a Navy service member, uh, the Navy has designated, if you're on a traditional Navy base, the Fleet and Family Support Center um, would kind of be your first stop um, to get information and to start the process for the DOD Skill Bridge program. And again, because we're on a joint base, obviously, with the Military and Family Readiness Center, um, on the weapons station. But um, basically members that are um, within their last 180 days of military service, um, they can participate in the skill bridge program. And what it does is it sets them up for success and with a job post-separation. One of the biggest oh, kind of anxiety uh, factors for a lot of transitioning service members that I see is, okay, I know I need a job. How do I do go about that? Where am I going to work? And so the DOD Skill Bridge program kind of helps um, alleviate those concerns. And then it gets them with one of the industry partners, one of the employers that's a part of the DOD Skill Bridge program um, and allows them to make that connection. And there's several things that they have to do along the way but it allows them to make that connection to work while still being paid while on active duty, I wanna add, but allows them to work and gain valuable experience and hopefully lead to a job post-separation. So are you saying this is almost like an internship then? That's exactly what it is. Um, okay. Internship, some people also, there's an apprenticeship piece to it as well. But that's exactly what it is. It, again, it allows these service members to, to find a company that they are interested in, and then again, lead to their post-separation employment and basically kind of helps them not to have to worry about that piece. You know, there's a lot, as a retired uh, military member, retired Air Force, there's a lot going on, obviously, when you're about to separate from the military. And so this is one less thing if you're accepted into the program one less thing that you potentially would have to worry about. So Ms. Ford, he mentioned employers. Where, how do, you be, how do you find the employers or where is this list of employers? Or can I just frankly Google some people and decide I wanna go work at Dell and that's where I'm gonna go do my inter internship at? Okay, 
Um, the SkillBridge program itself is like three entities to the program. You can do an internship, you can participate in an apprenticeship, or you can do what they call, um, you can pursue your certification. With the internships, internships can be unpaid internships, that is, can be offered with any company who is willing to do an unpaid internship with a member, um, offering them a job with their company or company much like theirs at the end of the internship. The apprenticeship programs, the apprenticeship companies have to be vetted with the VA. And there's an, a website, um, it's the Weems website, it's on the, the SkillBridge um, email that's out there on the internet. And you can go on the Weems website and you can find a list of hundreds and hundreds of companies in different states that have been vetted with the VA to offer you an apprenticeship. Now, an apprenticeship, they do have to be vetted, but the apprenticeships are designed more to give you the skills and the training so that you can go out and find a job in a company, much like there's trying to do those different um, programs. Um, internships offer you a job at the end. Now, the certification part of it is when you go on the Weems website, you can also look up different um, colleges, schools, um, certification community colleges, stuff like that. They will assist you with utilizing your, your GI Bill, and you can use your certification through your GI Bill to obtain a certification in something that anything that you wanted to, something you just might want to be certified in, like an electrician or something, something that can get you a job outside of the military when you get out. Of course, the GI Bill would have to pay for that cert in most instances, but you can use that last 180 days to go to school full time, obtain that cert, and don't have to worry about trying to get it after you get out. By the time you get out of the military, you should have your cert completed and be ready to apply for a job in that area. Oh, all right. then. so essentially, if I did want to work for a company or intern at a company, mm -hmm. I have to go through your office, but... Back to my example. So if I want to work for a computer company, do I have to do the initial legwork to determine if they do allow unpaid internships? Or is that something your office or the Fleet family does? The member, the member does have to do the legwork. Um, okay. Internships, like I said, they don't have to be vetted. So you can contact any company you may oh. want to work at just to see if they offer an, in, an unpaid internship that offers you employment at the end of the internship. And, and if then, I can add to that, a, okay. a lot of the, the, the DOD SkillBridge website, uh, DOD SkillBridge, if you Google that, uh, mm -hmm. the website already has some employer partners in there. So we encourage members to take a look because there may be a company that interests them that's already been vetted, that's already a part of the DOD SkillBridge program that they can partner with and uh, go uh, do an internship with them. Okay. Yeah. So... Every year, so I'm on the SkillBridge website right now. Every year, 200,000 members of the U.S. Armed Forces separate from active duty and re-enter the civilian workforce. So the SkillBridge program seems like it is going to be a critical piece to that puzzle for a lot of these airmen, a lot of these sailors, especially if they want to get a leg up on things 180 days out. Oh, that, is, that is exactly right. And that's why, you know, one of the reasons for wanting to do this um, podcast was to, you know, kind of help spread the word. A lot of people are kind of aware of the skill bridge, but they don't know the inner workings of it or how do I apply or, you know, what's the process. And like anything else, a lot of these programs, each service kind of does it a little differently. There's guidance for the Navy. 
as to how they're supposed to do and is a little different than the Air Force, but the, the core structure of the skill bridge program is the same across the board. But um, that's why they would need to, you know, and I tell transitioning service members to do their homework, to research, you know, what's all involved. Because um, a lot of times, even when they do um, apply or talk to their leadership about it, um, they may not be familiar with it. And so they may be the ones that have to provide information and kind of um, spin them up as to how the program works. I'm on the SkillBridge website right now, and I'm looking at SkillBridge locations. And I think within two minutes, I found what looks like an apprenticeship with a major software company down at Fort Campbell. And it, there's just a little apply button right here. You click apply, and it, it has all of the instructions on how to go about applying for this large tech company apprenticeship. This is pretty awesome. And they, they try to make it as user-friendly as possible. They update that site often um, because many, many companies fill out that application and, and get on the list to be um, an apprenticeship company. So, yeah, it's very useful to the members. And a lot of times when, when we get members in, just like Sal said, leadership doesn't know all that, you know, all that the program offers. So a lot of members, they hear about it by word of mouth. So then one will come in and they'll get the information and take it back out, you know, to the masses. And, and they start coming in like slowly and asking different questions. And once one unit gets a hold of it, it's like everybody is trying to make sure they get in on this program within their last 180 days. Oh, it spreads like fire. I'm sure this is too good of a deal to pass up, even if there isn't an apprenticeship or internship that someone might be interested in. Say they want to become an electrician, like you said, they can separate or is it it's not separate isn't the right term. What is it just while on active duty within 180 days, go to electrician school, I guess, and get the certification and be paid full pay and allowances while they're doing it so that when they get out, they're able to hit the ground running. That's awesome. Exactly. That is exactly what it, what it's made for is, is to help them in any way possible because there were it was just too many unemployed vets. So it was put out there to help them in any way possible. And if I could add, I just want to, you know, highlight there, there are two touch points during the military life cycle um, that the Skill Bridge program is mentioned and service members are introduced uh, to the program. And that would be during the pre-separation counseling briefing that is mandated for all service members uh, to attend. Um, and then at the uh, TAP, uh, when they attend TAP, um, SkillBridge is covered during that time. So um, they have the opportunity to at least get an introduction to it. And if they're planning well in advance, they can start looking into it, submitting that uh, package because it can take anywhere from 60 to 90 days uh, to get approval for a package uh, for SkillBridge. And then at that 180 day point, again, if they are approved, um, they can start working for that um, approved um, industry partner. In order to do this, do I first have to attend TAP or no? It is highly recommended that you attend TAP, not mandatory. Um, but we do recommend because that's where you get a lot more information about the program. And again, if you're attending TAP, you know, well in advance, um, no later than one year prior to you um, leaving the military, that'll give you enough time to do your research and to uh, get a package uh, routed for approval. 
Now, Ms. Ford, I've got a question. I'm Air Force. I am security forces by trade. Do I have to only look at security jobs or law enforcement jobs, or I can just pick anything? Oh, my goodness, no. Um, the SkillBridge program, how it was designed is members can go out and choose any career they want to. When you, being in on the Air Force side, you see a lot of people that, of course, they either work on planes or their security forces. The secure security forces guys, when they separate, they tell me, you know, there are a lot of jobs out there for us in security, um, oh, working yeah. in the police station, or yep. you know, being guards and stuff. And they don't want to do that. They want to go outside <laughs> of that and do something completely different. So the skill bridge allows them to, as well as the the maintainers, the people who work on the airplanes, allows them to go out and find a job, get trained in a job that's completely different. We example when we had one guy who separated, he didn't retire, he separated, he was a young guy. He wanted to be a chef. And so he filled out his packet and got approved by his commander to go downtown and intern with a company, a restaurant downtown. So he was um, a chef's helper downtown. And by the time he separated, he got a job in California working at a restaurant. And he was just a regular, you know, Air Force member working on planes. And, and that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a chef. So they go way outside their realm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, then. Well, I will have to keep that in mind. Yeah. So uh, 180 days, you can do this. Sel, you had mentioned that the approval process can at times take several months, if I recall. That's correct. Um, again, in, in, in each command, and I'm speaking Navy specific now, each command is a little different. And so... You know, if you have to start from the beginning of the process and, you know, you're interested in the company and you need to have them vetted and approved through the DOD skill bridge, you know, that can take some time. Could be sooner than that, but that's typically what I've seen and what I tell service members that are interested in that. You know, you, you need to start 60 to 90 days out um, just to make sure that everything gets routed and approved. And again, that you can take full advantage of the 180 days. I've seen it. Um, in some cases where folks may have been a little bit late in the process and they may only get, you know, 90 days. Um, you know, you don't have to get the full 180 days. And of course, mission requirements could dictate that as well. But if you want to take advantage of the full 180 days, definitely 60 to 90 days out is when you need to start the process. What is the approval process? How does somebody start from cradle to grave here? I'm sure it's different for both the Navy and the Air Force. So please, uh, Ms. Ford, if you want to just kind of go over how this begins for the Air Force and then sell afterwards, if you want to kind of talk about how that goes for the Navy, unless they're the same, and then we can just have one person talk about it. They're, they're not the same, and we did figure that out um, when we started. <laughs> we started having other, other branches asking us questions. Um, it, it wasn't quite the same, but on the Air Force side, um, it might be a little more tedious. I'm not sure, so, but we have um, we have guidance to go by. We have a packet of information. They usually have their what they call their initial skill bridge briefing with us. They can do it via email, over the phone, or in person. We um, email them a packet of information, and it's a skill bridge application. Um, it's called a vetting checklist that they have to sit down and read over. Within that package, there are questions that ask them, okay. You know, what type of job is this? What will you be learning? 
Um, will you be offered a job at the end of this program? Um, how much money could you possibly make doing a job outside the military in this program? You got to have a point of contact with the company. Um, you also have to have a point of contact within your squadron. So they fill out that packet. They fill out a portion. They send it to their internship company. They fill out a portion. Um, then they go and they sit down with their commander. This program is commander approved. So if your commander approves that, okay, yeah, you can go ahead and start this program. We have Manning covered. They bring the information over to us and we go through it. We make sure they have everything they need. Um, we open up their skill bridge application on our website so that they can go in and fill it out. The commander is routed to the commander for approval and we approve it as well. But then it has to go through our Air Force AFPC just so they can do what they call a final quality control check to make sure that this member has covered all their bases. They know exactly where this member will be in case some emergency happens and we have to get you back here as quickly as possible. We're able to get you back here. On the Air Force side, the Skillbridge program, they can participate in it within a 50 mile radius of their station base. You can go outside of that 50 mile radius if your commander approves for you to do so, which a lot of people do because they want to find a job where they're going to retire or separate to in that particular state. So the commander can approve for you to go outside of the 50 mile radius, just knowing that if they have to get you back here, they can do so as quickly as possible. Right. They still have military requirements that they might have to meet. For instance, if manning changes or if there's an emergency and they get recalled, they still have to be able to come back. And I, I imagine a lot of people probably stay in the Charleston area. This is a destination retirement place for a lot of people. So I can't imagine a lot of folks are really going that far away now. Well, I would say I see pretty much 50-50. Um, I, 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 I do as well. I see a lot of folks that, you know, they're going to relocate to, you know, Tennessee or they're going to relocate to Florida or wherever the case may be. And they're looking to do a skill bridge program there. So I, I would say, I don't know about you, Jackie, on your side there, but about 50-50. Yeah, I see a lot of people leave the area. It, well, it's got to be it's got to be the heat or the traffic, right? It's got to be one of the two, or maybe they just want their maybe they just want a nice yard. <laughs> there you go. I'm not sure why, but a lot of people do. <laughs> so, Sel, what does that look like? How different is the Navy then? Um, yeah, and it is different. Again, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast here, you know, the services do things a little differently. And before I forget, I want to mention that we can also assist other branches of service. So if you're a Marine Corps, if you're Army, or if you're a Coast Guard, I do have some information and I can point you in the right direction. So I just wanna make sure that those folks are aware of that as well, because we do have some of them assigned to the Joint Base uh, Charleston here. But anyway, um, for the Navy, what I typically do is I have them start with the, the DOD instruction. And then from there, I have them go to um, what we call a NAV admin. And so that's going to give them the overview, the do's and don'ts, and how the process works. Basically, of course, they need to let their chain of command know that they're interested in this program and they want to apply. Now, the Navy has something that we call command career counselors. They're embedded within each command. And they have a working knowledge of the DOD skill bridge program as well. So all of these folks in the chain of command, if you will, need, need to be made aware that the sailor is interested in the DOD skill bridge program and will be submitting a package. Where we differ from the Air Force 
is that the industry partners are going to apply directly through the DOD Steel Bridge website. And so the point of contact, you mentioned Dell as an example. So you're interested in Dell, that point of contact must apply to participate through the DOD Steel Bridge website. And then once they submit that request, they'll receive a response via email outlining their next action item. So the employer has several items that they must accomplish as well. And sometimes I see where the employers may be a little slow to respond or to do their part. That's why, again, that 60 to 90 days starting the process is so important. And so that's where MOU comes into play, Memorandum of Understanding. Um, that gets submitted as well. They also have a skill bridge questionnaire that they must fill out. And once that's been completed by the industry partner sent back to DOD for review, then they will decide, okay, we're going to approve this industry partner or employer, or we're not going to approve. If they are approved, then that employer will receive a copy of the MOU. And that basically gives them the, okay, all right, you're an approved, vetted industry partner for this DOD skill bridge program, our sailors are allowed to participate in this program. Okay, and then of course, if the employer has future opportunities for additional service members, that information will be posted and they'll be basically become a permanent employer on the DOD skill bridge program. So you're saying that if a sailor wants to participate in a program that hasn't already been vetted, it is up to the program itself, the business itself, to actually submit the paperwork to OSD? To, to DOD Skill Bridge. To DOD Skill. Okay. And that seems like that's probably a relatively easy proposition, right. I would it, think. It, it is. But again, you know, everybody has to do their part. You know, you're depending on other entities to push the package along. Right. There seems to be a lot of moving pieces if it isn't yeah. already an approved that is correct. organization. That is correct. Hmm. Okay. And that's why you say start 60 to 90 days before you actually want to start this thing. Yeah. I mean, again, and you know, I, I do capstones on folks and, you know, I kind of hear some frustration in uh, transitioning service members that, you know, Hey, I didn't get the chance to participate in the full 180 days or, you know, something happened and, you know, I couldn't participate at all or, you know, my command has only allowed me to do this for 90 days. I mean, that's better than nothing. But again, right. you know, I tell them to make sure they, they've done their part so that um, they are not the holdup. Yeah, it's all dependent on Manning, and that makes complete sense. There might be instances where somebody isn't allowed to do this because of a Manning situation. So being able to do a little bit of it is definitely better than none of it. That is for certain. Yeah. And again, I've seen, you know, some get approved. I've seen some not get approved. And again, it, it depends on the situation at that particular command. Like you said, the manning, you know, the timing of it, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into this, you know, your leadership has to make that decision. So here's a factor we haven't covered yet. Who can actually do this? Is there a rank requirement? Can spouses do this? What are the requirements? Um, as far as the DOTI is concerned, the skill bridge program is designed for um, active duty, you know, military members or reservists. They're the ones because they, I mean, this is all vetted through VA. So the active duty or reservists are the ones who can participate in this program. There's not a rank requirement though. I see. Okay. Their education Fantastic. officer has that information for them. 
Okay, so it sounds like it's really open to anybody that's active duty, guard, reserve. Right. That goes for the Navy as well, Sal? That is correct. Um, and and dif- typically, they would have to have served 180 days um, on active orders um, is usually the case. But there's a lot of different stipulations for the reserves, but we could definitely point them to um, somebody that could uh, give them more information on that. Okay, now you all have talked about some getting information in different places. Where would somebody go to apply? What are some important websites or locations I need to look if I want to get a little bit more information on this or if I want to start the application process? Well, for the Air Force side, your your first point of contact would um, would be, of course, your, your education center. And any one of your education advisors can abreast you on SkillBridge. But all the Air Force members, everything for SkillBridge for them is listed on um, on MyPERS, which they all are all familiar with. They all have a MyPERS account in the Air Force. So they go on the, the Air Force website and look into their MyPERS account. It's updated all the time. And again, for the Navy side, um, my office, the Military and Family Readiness Center on the weapons station. Um, and if again, if you were on the traditional Navy base, it'd be the Fleet and Family Support Center. Um, but we are the focal point for sailors. Uh, to come in and um, to talk with myself or, or another member on the transition team. And uh, we're going to kind of give them an overview of the program, but again, directing them to the DOTI uh, 1322.29 and then the NAV admin, again, 222-15 uh, to get more information. Um, I also have a sample MOU um, and just an overview of the program that we can email to them to kind of get the ball rolling. And then, of course, they would need to engage with their chain of command. And you mentioned you have a sem- sample memorandum of understanding. Do you both do both of your offices have the sample application letters and MOUs and really whatever somebody might need? Could they get from your office to almost plug and play, get their commander to sign it, to approve it, and then we can get this ball rolling? Yes, sir. Most definitely. We have um, we have printout of everything that's attached to the email that we send out to anybody interested in the SkillBridge program. The DOTI is attached. The SkillBridge exec is attached. Everything is attached for them. And we can also print it out and hand it to them as a packet, just so they have it in hand when they leave our office. But their main point of contact on Air Force side is the education center. And we do have all of that information available that we send to them as well. And, and we have the same thing as well on the Navy side, um, an email that we can send to them. Either we can do it or, again, the Navy has that extra um, piece, if you will, with the command career counselors. I have sent all that information to them, so they're also a focal point and can provide that to an interested sailor as well. Fantastic. Okay, so it sounds like there is a lot with the SkillBridge program, and both of your offices are the focal points. And if they need anything, they can come to you and get going down the right path. Is there anything else you want to tell the families or service members about the SkillBridge program before we sign off for the day? The, the takeaway message is to plan and to start the process early. Oh, yes. And if you are completely clueless, contact us. Come see us. (laughs) It's like you're talking directly to me. No, no, no. If if anybody out there is completely clueless on the SkillBridge program, I'm telling you, it's it's not that hard. We can help you. We'll help you from the beginning to the end. Um, We have, there's so much information. We can walk you through it step by step. It's not hard at all.
No, it definitely isn't. It just seems it just seems daunting. In addition to doing everything else you're trying to get done before you separate or retire, there's so many other things you have to do to out-process and to get your new life, I guess, in order or your old life in order. I'm not sure which, but you're trying to get things and you're trying to transition and then you hear about this internship and it's like, wow, that's just, that sounds great. I wish I had the time to do it, but I'm so swamped right now, but it's not that hard it, and it'll only benefit you. So that's um, why DOD encourages uh, transitioning service members or actually mandates them to start the transition process if you're retiring two years out and if you're separating one year out. That's why this gets pushed. That's why it's so important to meet those timelines for attending the various transition uh, programs, workshops. So um, again, I can't stress enough, start early. And, um, you know, even if you're not sure, you know, I tell transitioning service members, you know, sometimes they're on the fence. Well, I don't know if I'm ready to retire. I don't know if I want to separate. Even if you're not sure, attend the workshops, attend the TAP classes and get the information and then make an informed decision. Start now because it's a waterfall of information. You're just setting yourself up and your family to be successful in your post-military careers. Well, thank you both so much. I think this went really good today. I, we had some technical difficulties that obviously the listeners aren't going to hear, but we had some we had some rough technical difficulties and we, we fought through it. We were resilient. Flexibility is the key to air power and I assume sea power as well. So (laughs) thank you so much, both of you, for joining us today. And uh, we will see you around. Today, we discovered that the DOD SkillBridge program is an excellent opportunity for service members to gain valuable civilian work experience through specific industry training, apprenticeships, or internships during the last 180 days of their service. It connects service members with industry partners to gain real-world job experiences. But there is one thing that is critical that we must remember, and that's to remember the timeline. Start early, even if you're not sure what you want to do or when you're getting out. The Defense Department mandates that a service member attends the Transition Assistance Program one year before separation and two years prior to retirement. That's because they want to give members the time they need to learn what it is they have to do and what opportunities are out there, such as the SkillBridge program. We learned that if you want to participate in the program, you should start 60 to 90 days before you actually want to begin. And that's to ensure that the proper paperwork gets done to include getting the business vetted properly with enough time so you can take full advantage of the full 180 days it's offered. And don't forget the teams are helping virtually. Just email Miss Ford if you're in the Air Force, and her email is in the show notes, or call Mr. Stevens at 843-963-8883, or visit jbcmfr.com if you're in the Navy. I also think I discovered the actual reason why my grass hasn't been growing, and it's, it's because I don't water it enough. Let, let's be honest here. you got to water the grass every morning and every night, and I just haven't been doing that. So that's probably not the, the lawn company's fault that it isn't growing. It's probably mine, to be honest with you. One thing I do not forget to do is put out new episodes of the Team Charleston Family Readiness Podcast. We talk about a whole host of issues, and those could include anything from schools, health, finances, retirement, you name it, we cover it. Check past episodes for topics like these, and be on the lookout for future installments in the weeks to come. Once again, please subscribe, review, and spread the word. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Stay safe out there. Have a good day.